alone, Catherine. Calm down, Catherine. Welcome to the Calm Down Catherine podcast. I'm Catherine. I'm glad that you could join us and listen to our podcast today. Today I have with me a very special guest, Nathan. Hello, Nathan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad you could join us today. Me too. It's always good to be a guest on this podcast or any others. A special guest. A special, special guest is better than regular guest. I know. I know. I know that there's a it's a bigger gift bag, a gift basket, if you will, in the green room. It has uh, mixed nuts, which I mixed I don't like, but it's nuts. a nice gesture. I just want peanuts. Peanuts are disgusting. That is why we go with the mixed nut. Well, medley. I, you can I, I'll accept that it's classier. It's much classier. Anyway, uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I feel like it's like a very Oprah sort of meaningful topic, and it is, uh, have you ever had a John Henry experience? Oh, what do you mean? Like the, something about like those the, those crappy movies or something, John Henry? No. Uh, so maybe you don't know that much about John Henry, so let me fill you in on like exactly what I mean by this. So John Henry, uh, he was a steel driving man. And oh, so this is one of them legends. Yeah, it's a, like a legend, tall right? tale, or a whatever. tall tale. And so he would go, and he was the best guy at like um, nailing in railroad parts. And so, <laughs> what, what kind of parts? The nails. The nails. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. The. Well, I'm, I, I'm not a. I'm not a railroad parts. guy. He hammers in the steel parts that holds down the wood parts. Okay. And then the, the other ties. metal part goes on top of it. The rail. And that requires a hammer. Yeah. And that's what John Henry did. He was really good at it. And so one time, um, his boss says to him, look, we've got this like steam engine thing that is going to hammer a steam engine hammer. It's probably not the right name. Okay. But, steam um, driven. Yeah. And it's a machine. Okay. And they say that it's better than John Henry. And you John- know what? I bet you John Henry is happy to hear this because he's like, now... Instead of all this hard work driving steel with his hammers, he can now get a nice cushy desk job, like filling out the paperwork, maybe no. maintaining the machine. John Henry was not happy about it. He was like, Psh, uh, whatever, this machine's not better than me. He never heard of a machine that was better than him. Mm. And so he challenged the machine, and he won. Did the machine know it was in a competition? No. Just like if you're gonna swim and race a shark, the shark doesn't know it's in a race. Uh-huh. Michael Phelps, just saying. Shark was, doesn't know it's racing. Wait, was he in a race with a shark? Yeah. They weren't like in the same like yeah. water next to each other, but yes. Anyway. Uh so John Henry wins the race, but then I'm on his side. Yeah. So we're like, Yay, John Henry. But then he died of a heart attack because he tried too hard. I don't even know what the moral of the story is. Like, if mm. he knew he was going to die, would he have still challenged the steam hammer thing? He Somebody had to prove that man could be better than a machine. Right. He was willing to be a martyr. Right. So a John Henry moment is if you have a moment in your life 
where you beat the machine. And mm. I've had two. I It used to be I always had just one. But now I've had my second one recently, mm-hmm. and that's why I want to talk about it. So you've had two. One of them was quite recently. Yes. I've got to think. I, if I had... I mean, I, I there's things I do that I think I do better than a machine. I don't know if I ever had that race sort of thing, you know? So I'll tell you about the one that just happened recently because it's the less impressive one. So we have this little thing at my house we call the Pizza Gambit. There's a Pizza Gambit? Yes, so... Like Gambit, like the X-Man? No. Uh, who's That's the one that throw card, throws cards? Yeah, he's like, Mon cheri, I'm from Nolens, y'all. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. I can't throw cards. Like, I'm sure a machine could do a better job at throwing cards than me. Anyway. Would it want to? Here's what we had to do. Usually when we get pizza, we get it from Pizza Bob's. But every now and then, we're in a situation where we can't get Pizza Bob's for some reason. Pizza so, Bob's, our sponsor? Yeah. So when we're in that situation, the kids want to get Little Caesars, who now does delivery through DoorDash. And I rhymes with DoorDash. Yeah. And I want to get buddies. Now the kids won't eat buddies because they don't like deep dish. They don't like the sauce on top. Um Buddies, one of the uh the local sort of chains, sort of the originator of Detroit style pizza. Detroit style pizza, right. The kids hate Detroit style pizza, but I prefer it. What and what is distinctive about Detroit style pizza? Sauce on top. It's like deep Chicago? dish. No, not like Chicago. Like Chicago's pizza is like lasagna. I'm not against Chicago style pizza. I love it, but it's more like a lasagna. Um, it's in squares. Detroit style pizza is. It's not as thick as Chicago style, and it's got like a kind of crunchy crust because you bake it in like a like a supposedly. This makes it sound gross way grosser than it is supposedly they cook it in the pans that they used to keep auto parts in but that makes it sound like the oil is motor oil which is disgusting it's transmission fluid i think yeah gross right no it's not in used pans it's gross anyway they cook it it's like a deep dish pizza it has a nice like crunchy crust and anyway the point is that's what i want now buddies is too far away from my house to get delivery is it in detroit (laughs) <laughs> well, they just recently opened one up a little bit closer to Detroit. It's in like Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, and I live, you know, on like the outskirts of Ann Arbor. So here it is. I have to put in the order for Little Caesars through DoorDash. They do the delivery, and then I had to go get the Buddy's Pizza and yourself, myself. I had to rush there, pick it up, and bring it back. And so, so you're racing against. DoorDash. DoorDash as a machine. As a machine. Now, all right, I know that DoorDash is really a person, but it's new technology. It's newfangled services. Well, they make promise that somehow they're getting the pizza to you better because they are harnessing internets and... Yeah, uh, the power of the internet. Hello. The kind of like... uh, What do they call the Uber kind of job? Um, I don't know. The... uh, I don't know. Service, something, I don't know. Work, something about, uh, you know, the, you work whenever you want, blah, blah, blah. You're not really an employee, something, something, something. Right. So it's like that. And you know what? They're really good at it. And I have no complaints about how fast they get me my pizza. But Do you they know bring what? Pepsis? Sometimes. Sometimes they bring the Pepsi and sometimes they don't. That would be the only complaint I have. And actually, recently, they've been very good at bringing me the Pepsi. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, they've always been faster than me. We've done this like three or four times. And three of those times, 
They beat me to the table with the pizza. In fact, not only did they beat me to the table with the pizza, they texted me to rub it in my face while I was still waiting at Buddy's to get my pizza and bring it home. And so I'm sitting at Buddy's, looking at my phone, picturing the children, bringing in the pizza from the porch and putting it on the table. But not this last time. Not this last time. This last time I was victorious. I beat the machine. That's the sound they make in the John Henry song. That's the sound of him hammering down his railroad nails. That's me. I beat the machine. I beat the machine with the pizza delivery. I was victorious. That's amazing. It's an amazing story, especially can you consider that Little Caesar specializes in having the pizza already made sitting there. So you would think the DoorDash on that would be mighty fast. And it's almost like a steam and it's closer to your house. The speed you would expect of a steam driven machine to get that steamy pizza to you. Right. Whereas Buddies takes longer because it's thicker. Yeah. It's thicker. You get to pick your toppings. Yeah. They're not they're not sitting around already made. on the other side of town. Yeah. And then I had to order it, then go get it, then bring it back. Oh, yeah. Which DoorDash people, they just have to, like, pick up when they hear it's ordered. You know, they could be hanging around there. Yeah, it's that, and that's one direction. Who cares if they get back home? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, I was very impressed with myself. And it reminded me of my other time that I had my John Henry moment. Oh, this is... You're, you're a, a two-time... John Henry. Yes. Do you want to hear? Did you want to share one of your own, or did you want me to just amaze you with the second time? You better tell I, me, because I, I it, you'll help jog my memory, perhaps. Of here's the other time you're going to be very impressed. Okay. So my sister, she has one of these apple peeling contraptions. You stick the apple on it. Uh, it has like you spin a, you turn a thing, and it peels off the apple peel in like one continuous peel and spiral cuts it at the same time. Are you familiar with these? Yeah, is this it's it's like foot powered or something? No, you 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 crank it with oh, your you hand. You hand crank. Yeah. And here's the thing, you might be like, "Uh, Catherine, that's not too new technology." Um, hello, it was new technology at some point. Yeah, it was new to you. Yeah. And so where my sister wanted to make um, a bunch of little apple pies. Like she, my sister's amazing at coming up with like fun plans for people to do. Like this was in the before times, and we got like so you could get together with yeah. People. We got together with people. So we, we can't even get together for a podcast. We got to be in separate locations, or we got to be separated by a big plastic sheet with uh, uh, N95 masks and face shields and. Um, I think uh, I've got some sort of night vision or something. I don't even know what that's for, but we've got all these impediments, but this is the before times. Yeah, this is the before times. We all got together at my cousin's house and we were like, we're not making big pies. We made like a bajillion little tiny pies and they were so cute. And so we made... How little were they? They were just little baby pies. They were just little babies. Now for those at home who can't see the little gesture she's making, because this is a podcast. Like the size of a mini muffin. She has held up her fingers and thumb in a circle. So if you imagine the size of that circle between your index finger and your thumb, when she's saying, That was the size. There was little tiny baby 
pecan pies, and little tiny apple pies, and little tiny baby pumpkin pies. They were so cute. Did, were the the crusts? How were they made? It just it not was about, to it. It was about muffin tins. Like we had like mini muffin tins, uh-huh. and we'd press the crust into those, and then you'd put the filling in, then you bake them, you pop them out, and then do it again. Okay. Um. Anyway, for you'd need a lot of apple for that. I I would might think you'd turn to a machine. You would think that, but we did the cut. So I was like, no machine's gonna beat me at apple peeling. All right, this is uh, maybe I'm sharing a little bit of my secret. Nathan, here's a question for you. I already know the answer. Okay. When you peel a when you Seven. peel an apple, do you have the peeler going towards you or away from you? Well, away from me. That's the problem. That's what'll slow you down. My great grandma taught me how to peel potatoes. But when she taught me how to peel potatoes, she's like, she gave me a butter knife and she said that I had to push the butter knife away from me to peel a potato. Now, first, I don't think you can peel a potato with a butter knife. That was the most ridiculous part. You, you, you know, you say that, but maybe it was like one of them uh, kung fu masters giving you an right. impossible task to teach you like an important lesson. Right. Like they give, they make me do it the hard way so that I'm really good at the easy way. It's like when people go and like practice for um, swimming training in Los Alamos, New Mexico, because of the altitude's really high. Because it's then, all Because if you can do it, if you can do it in Los Alamos, then you can do it, you know, in normal places. That's how they use to cure the sickly boys, right? Yeah. So she teaches me that way, and so as I'm trying to peel a potato with a butter knife, pushing it away from me, I look over at her, and she's got a sharp knife, and she's pulling it towards her. In a stabbing direction. In a stabbing direction. And, like, I guess, like, with her being, like, elderly, she had, I don't know, she was just really good at it. And so, like, I'm not going to disobey my great-grandma. I did it the way she told me when I was six. But, like, (laughs) I'm an adult now. And true, I don't like to peel a potato with knives. I'm not good at getting the right amount of peel. But with a potato peeler, I'm amazing. Now, with apples, apples are even better because they're more, um... Like, they're more spherical. They're less bumpy. So... Okay, yeah. So that's my trick. I can hold the apple. I can start at the top. And I can pull... I can peel off the apple peel in a continual spiral. And I can do it way faster than one of those peeling machines. When I was a child, I used to peel potatoes like a child. But now that I'm not a child, I put away childish butter knives. And I peel the potatoes towards myself. I pull them... I peel them towards myself. I Maybe it is still a little kid thing to use a peeler, but that way I don't have to worry about cutting my finger. I'm not at great-grandma level yet. Well, there are, this, there are some peelers that are that you would be like, well, I might as well use a knife. This peeler's terrible. But then there's that one kind of peeler. I don't even know how to describe it. That's like head you and shoulders it, above the rest. You need it to jingle. When you hold up a peeler, um, you want to shake it and you want to hear a little bit of a jingle. And that tells you that the peeling part is flexible so that it'll follow the curve of the thing you're peeling. Mm. Some of them are just like, they're just like attached Mm. completely and they don't jingle. And if they don't jingle, they're garbage. That's the lesson. All right. So anyway, I beat that potato peeler. Is Is that a hot take? Or the apple peeler. What? The jingle thing or that those apple peelers aren't as fast as me? Uh, I don't know. The, the jingle thing. Or 
that the rest are garbage. The rest are garbage. That's a hot take. Hot take. Uh, how about that you sh- Here's a hot take. Don't peel things pushing away from you. That's what you tell wow. people so they don't cut their fingers. So all of you out there concerned about not bleeding to death. It's a peeler. How much, you how are, much blood are you going to draw? You're a baby. You are hot a baby. Take. And I'm sorry, Nathan, if you find that offensive. No, that's fine. Now you might say, well, maybe these machines just really take a long time. No, I would say someone who peels away from you... Oh wait, wait. Have we have we, pe- we 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 you've kind of spoiled the idea that you beat the machine because this is a John Henry yeah, moments. Yeah. But so have we really gotten to that part of the story where you actually oh, have the face to face battle? So we did. We had the face to face battle. My sister says you cannot peel an apple faster than I can peel it with this machine. Mm. And I said yes, I can. She said no, you can't. I said yes, I can. And then we had the contest. Like Thirty minutes later. And all through the contest, I'm singing, John Henry was a little baby. Little baby. Sitting on his daddy's knee. Daddy's knee. Anyway, you know, the song. Uh, the famous folk song. You know what, Nathan? Do we have a surprise version of that folk song that we can play later? Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. I don't want to spoil the surprise. <laughs> tea so, anyway, I did win. Now, there's a little star next to my success, though. An asterisk, if you will. An asterisk, yes. The the apple peeler machine also cuts the apple at the same time it peels it. How's it do it at the same time? I don't. It's it's uh, machinery that I don't quite understand, but it cuts it in a spiral too. So when you're all done, you have a apple uh-huh. that is cored, peeled, and sliced in a giant spiral. Wait, the slices are a spiral. It is one, it's cut into a spiral. Well, that's weird. The Why apples. would I want the apple in a spiral? Well, then you'd cut it and it's already in tiny pieces. You'd cut it the other way. Here's the thing. I, I can peel much faster than that machine, mm-hmm. but then I have to additionally cut it if I'm going for like the same end thing. And uh, You could have another person there who does the cutting. I'm just saying cutting wasn't part of my challenge. Yeah. I won my challenge. Because the challenge is about you can't peel it faster in the machine. Right. But depending on what size you want the apple pieces to be in, if that's your end goal, then the potato peeler might, or the apple You were making tiny pies, so. They did have to be pretty tiny. Yeah. And so when I was cutting them up by hand, it did take a while for me to cut up the apples. But I don't like to think of it as a failure in me being slower at cutting up the apple as much as I like to think of it as a victory at me peeling the apple. Mm. I was victorious. Uh, you know what, right? During the story, I mostly had my memory jogged about an occasion which, shamefully, I failed to be a John Henry. In my past, when I was very young, I had a job at a grocery store. I don't know if I... Maybe I, I talked about this in the past. I don't remember. But... I had a, it was a grocery, local grocery store, and Michigan has bottle return. Ten, you bring back your cans and bottles for 10 cents. And back then, when the minimum wage was $4.25 an hour, they would pay me $4.30 an hour to take those bottles and cans that get returned and then sort them into separate uh, bags, depending on which company's cans they were they would take them back so coke would come they would take back all the coke cans and the coke bottles and you know uh 
I suppose, recycle it or whatever. I don't know what happens to them. They might all go in the pit, for all I know. Beer bottles have to be sent back to their people. And when the minimum wage went up to four seventy an hour, the grocery stores were like, we're not paying someone four seventy an hour to sit back here and sort these bottles and cans. We'll bring in the machine. And so now you see these machines that all the stores have, which consequently are being shut down on account of the corona for some reason that I don't quite understand. Like they, these machines, they've always been a dirty area of the store. Yeah, these machines spread disease. I'd like to say so. Me and the people I worked with, kind of, we all lost our jobs on account of this, uh, uh, this machine coming in. I didn't challenge it. They used to have this other machine in the back. That was this. It was the Can Smacker three thousand, and it had a trough. That would hold like hundreds of cans, and then you would, a human operator would select the cans by brand. You'd have shoots that were like, these are the Coke shoots, these are the Pepsi shoots, and these are the Budweiser shoots. And you would sort through the cans, making sure you put them in the right hole. And you could, you could, as a human, stuff the cans in the holes faster than the machine could smash them up. The cans would fall down onto this spinning wheel that had notches in it that would catch the edge of the can and then pull it through to crush it. But you could fill it up so you'd you'd like load it up with Coke cans, then you'd move over to where this Pepsi, you'd load up the Pepsi, you'd go back, put a more a couple more in the Coke, put one in the Pepsi, then go over to the beer cans, and you'd you could you could load it up faster than the machine could handle. And I'm and like really, I could have challenged these other machines because those machines that they have now, especially like the first generation of them, they were constantly breaking down. They would fill They're up not real super quickly. Fast, but no, I guess and they th- cut people up. Like since like the customer is the one putting the stuff in, mm-hmm. they're cutting out a bunch of middle people. I guess. Yeah, and now it requires like a barcode reader to make sure that you're not, that it's a can that you paid a deposit on, right? Because the Michigan law is not that consistent. Like, the law was originally, it wasn't about recycling. The law was originally about cutting down on uh, litter, like people just throwing bottles and cans out their car onto the side of the highway. So they put a deposit on it so that you would return the cans rather than just throw them onto the ground. You know, I think... That was hugely successful because yes. to this day, even if I'm not in Michigan, I have a really hard time throwing away pop cans. Yeah. Like, it, it hurts me and deep inside to throw away a pop can. And so, when they made the law, they defined what kind of cans get deposits based on, like, it, if, it's a, if it's beer or if it's a carbonated beverage, then it has a 10-cent deposit and then you get a, the 10-cent refund when you return it. And so, but there's now a lot of products that are in the same kind of bottles that don't fall under one of those categories. So, like any kind of juice, like bottled water, or bot- bottled water doesn't have a deposit. Any sort of juice that might be in the same kind of can as Coke or or beer doesn't have a deposit on it. A non-carbonated sugary drink does not have a deposit on it. And it- so, when somebody comes to the to return a can. They have to have a barcode reader to make sure you're not returning a can you didn't pay a deposit on. Does it sort it then, too? Yeah, the machine that they have now sorts it. But because... also they make sure it's at the right store, because, like, you can't return a big K cola bottle at Meijer. Right, yeah. A store brand, the stores only take the kinds of cans that they sell. 
So it used to be up to a human taking the bottles back to to make the sort of decisions about is this a returnable bottle? Is this a brand we sell at the store? And that's not that hard. You know, you would just see the you would know. Oh, this is a Walmart brand. We don't sell Walmart brands here at at uh, at, at Kroger or, or whatever. And uh, or oh, this is this is a juice. We don't take this. And so then you would reject it based on that. But now it, you, it, the machines are are actually quite slow because you put them in there and it's got to read a barcode. And you can't, if you put another one in before it's read the barcode of the first one, it'll reject them both. So it's actually, I'm, I'm such an old salt at loading these machines that like I kind of have to intentionally go really slow in order for these machines to work. And really, I'd just rather someone else did it. I just hand it off to someone else. You know what? You were just reminding me um, of a time when we were on vacation, and we had ta- we packed a picnic lunch, and we were eating that picnic lunch before we went on a boat to go boating. And my mom was throwing away all the cans, and I'm like, "Mom, what are you doing? You can't throw away the cans." And she's like, "Listen, I don't want to take them in for the deposit, and I don't want to lug them all the way home because you know we're on vacation." And I just saw a homeless man going around picking cans out of the trash. So I'd rather, if I'm throwing them in the trash, really, aren't I giving them to that homeless guy who's going around picking them out? And I had a whole song about how the can man can. Oh, it's another song. The can man can? Who can take a pop can, Uh, turn it into cash, uh, and he pulls it from the trash, the can man can. And the then candy my man can. The, my favorite part was at the end because then you slow it down. And you're like, the can man can, cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Ooh. You have to like that's when you have to really like sell it with emotion about the can man. It brings a tear to my eye. It and it, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. And so um, you might see after like. So we live in Ann Arbor, a place where it's like a big uh, football thing, uh, football town, and you might mm. have a bunch of people hanging out. College and town. And you know what? They're not paying attention to their cans. They don't want to take their cans into the stadium and then like hold on to them. And, right. So they're not all stopping at the grocery store to get their money back. So they're just throwing them on the ground. They're like, pish posh. And so the day after a football game or something, you'll see a bunch of people walking around. I'm not saying they're homeless. They're just smart. They're going around picking up all the bottles. You just see cans thrown away. They see can do. Yeah. I'm I, seeing glitter. I can do get 10 they're cents for each of seeing, those. They're seeing cash, cash money. I knew a guy who was in a fraternity and <laughs> he was in a fraternity and after parties, they would just allow homeless or... <laughs> Can collecting guys to to just come in and, and clean out the cans and stuff just as a service. I'm not Kinda sure like, if that's the smartest thing or the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And it, it reminds it's you, I, I remember a nature film of like uh, oh. about army ants. Oh, I thought you were going to say the alligator who lets a bird pick his teeth. Oh, that's another that's another good metaphor. But the army ants that you think, oh, that's that's those are. Horrible, you know, they, they eat people or something, or, or they can cause all the stuff, but, like, the local people that live around them, they're like, they're going to clean up the floor for us. The ants come in, they anything that's down loose on the floor, they take away. And they're like, yeah, they just clean the whole place up. 
But they, so, <laughs> he's telling me this story that um, they let, they would allow these gentlemen in to take all the cans out, but that one time, <laughs> they, they they had a toilet in the middle of a staircase. They had, like, a staircase that had a, like, that had a turn in the middle, so that, you know, went up one direction, a 90 degree angle, a yeah, second set of I stairs going up, and... At some point, they were supposed to install a new toilet upstairs, but then got tired of carrying it up halfway up, and they just left it right there in the middle, a toilet sitting there. So it would have been sitting there for days or weeks or whatever. And so they let the they let the man take all the cans and discovered that he crapped in the toilet well, they on were, the stairs. They deserved that. They were asking for it <laughs> if they left a toilet in the middle of the stairs. Yeah. They were yeah. asking for it. <laughs> they deserved that completely. <laughs> Completely. All right. Anyway, so Nathan, I'm pretty proud of you in your um, semi Jen Henry moment. It's very impressive. It's not that no. impressive. No, it wasn't I failed. Hundred percent a defeat. You were mastering the machines for a little bit until they got better. <laughs> so we all lost our jobs. This is what John yeah. Henry died for. Well, yeah, that's the problem. See, that's the reason that he is like a legend, is because. A lot of people lose to the machine. Hmm. Most people lose to the machine. There's where a, this has gotten really dark, and I don't want to talk about that. Where part of where it. is the uh, where are the battles now between man and machine? I, I don't want to talk about it. Well, I was just thinking of the irony of like you normally think of who's pushing the machines on people, and you think, oh, it's the big corporate types, the the slick, the city slickers with the the fancy suits going in. And I kind of find it ironic when you read stories about how, like, the big stock traders on Wall Street, their jobs are being taken away by robots. Because robots can do the trades faster than uh, humans. And because ele they electronically, they can, they, you can set it to be like, oh, you know, to, maybe you, you even use what they call AI to like make these sort of decisions. Oh, this stock sell at this price and buy at this price and whatever. And the machine can react faster than a human can and get the jump on the competition. Until they're all machines. Yeah. And then like no one's getting the jump on anything. It's just so now all these city slicking Wall Street types with the suspenders and the slick back hair, they're all out of jobs now. They they had the heart attacks trying to beat the machines. It was kind of a weird career anyway, just saying. All right. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to our podcast today. Um, now, let's not forget. I mean, I know you want to do a farewell and everything, but that's... Remember, you, you teased it earlier. Oh, We yes. have a song celebrating you in your yes. John Henry moment. Should we perform it live or should we... Should, yes. Should we pretend we're performing it live? Let's pretend we're performing it live right now. A little baby, baby sitting on her daddy's knee. Oh, daddy's she picked up a pizza and a little apple peel and said, Kaka, Kaka, I love your daddy. Kaka. Should, should I stop playing? Like, what are we? What are we even doing here? Are we recording this? She's song? a baby. She's gonna talk like a baby. It said she's a baby right here on the lyrics. This is a traditional folk song. You wanted to. Do something classy for your classy podcast. You wanted me to 
Fine. I got an acoustic Fine. guitar. I've been I got practicing it. for weeks. Classy. You wanted folk to do music. something nice. I got it. Nice I'm ready. Okay, okay. Subscribed? okay. Okay. Here we go. Well, Catherine was a little baby. better that is a real i looked it up and this is a real verse in the real song they this, said wet but you this is better that we were gonna do a series you thought going brown on this one was a better choice we okay fine all these fine i've heard from a lot of people who said this was the first episode they were gonna listen to they were excited to hear this and they're gonna. This is what they think that this podcast is all about. Fine. You all right. Fine. We'll sing about? it for real. The real legend of Catherine. Let's start over. Nice. Catherine was a little baby. amazing that was really good it was Thank so you. good and all the the uh, i don't even know how we got all those musicians in here it was amazing it was very professionally done say say uh you know a round of applause for them they're, they're all saying thanks but we don't have mics for them so i'm sorry you can't hear it they all yeah. they, they all were happy for the good. opportunity Thank you guys thank you for playing all those instruments um 
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you again later. Doesn't Bye. stink. Let us know how you feel about these topics by emailing us at calmdowncath at gmail.com, cath with a C, C-A-T-H, or find us on Twitter at calmcatherine. That's calm and Catherine with a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. And maybe we'll feature you on our next podcast. Calm Down Catherine is brought to you by Pizza Bob's, home of the original chapati. We've bottled our world-famous chapati sauce, and now we'll ship it direct to you. That's right. You can have a taste of Ann Arbor in the comfort of your home. Just call 734-665-4517 to order now. 734-665-4517. What's that number again? 734-665-4517. Go Skeddy for portable pasta for those on the go. Texoga Pants. Going country doesn't have to mean leaving comfort behind. Calm Down Catherine is produced at the studios of Analog Dungeon East by Nathan. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Calm down, Catherine. Calm Down Catherine is hosted by Anchor.fm. Visit our website at anchor.fm slash calmdowncat. Listen on the Anchor app to leave a voice message and you might be featured on a future episode.